Welcome to Got Till 5. My name is Max Curden and my beautiful co-host is Jesse. I told you to trim those sideburns, Benz. Hello, it's Simpsons Day today. You told me you got special music for the intro. That is special. I thought, I thought you'd worked on something. That's just oh, God, the Simpsons no. music. That's just, that's just pure fevery right now. Don't talk about fevers, mate. <laughs> careful, careful. Don't talk about nothing like that. I've got a bit mad because um, I'm working from home now. So it's where first I'm day, sitting, by the way. Yeah, where I'm sitting doing this podcast is where I've been sitting all day. Yeah, I'm having the same issue. I didn't really want to do this podcast this evening because I feel like I've just been at my desk all day. Yeah, I just, oh, I feel it's like no, we shouldn't be doom and gloom because like that's what no. the world is. We're here we're, to be happy for people. Exactly, we're everything's fine. We're here for the positive, light-hearted yellow fever, not yellow, uh, happy Simpsons fever that we're going to be talking <laughs> about. And yeah, today's episode. So it's cartoons. We this is our cartoon special episode. We did TV last week, two weeks ago, whatever. Kind of cheating by picking the Simpsons, but it's a cartoon. Why is it cheating? I class Simpsons more as a TV show than I would a cartoon. Ah, okay, fair enough. Well, I like it because it fits in weirdly because um, it's going to be on Disney Plus. That comes out soon, so that's good timing next week. Um, And also, everyone's looking around for symptoms in each other at the moment, aren't they? And that sort of sounds like Simpsons. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone's looking for symptoms to watch. (laughs) Uh, next Tuesday, yes, Disney Plus in the UK, already in America. You can get it for five ninety nine. Disney's not paying us, but God, we wish they would because they've got enough money. And all 30 seasons of The Simpsons are going to be on there. So we're going to tell you the top five, top six, really, episodes that you can watch. I've got a tattoo of Mickey Mouse, so I deserve some Disney money for that, don't I? Yeah, but it's a weird Should one. Should I get in touch? Why is it a weird one? He's all right. Hasn't he got like a knife or some shit? No, he just looks, he's got a look on his face like he might have a knife concealed. <laughs> <laughs> Which is like 90% of your tattoos, that's what they look like. Yeah, basically, it's, um, yeah, it's there. Um, I've got scary tattoos to s- save me from actually ever getting into a fight. Because <laughs> he's soft as a butter roll. Is a butter soft roll as, soft? <laughs> so, I don't know, soft as poppin' fresh. Exactly, that's our Jesse, you poke him in the belly. Oh, speaking of Jesse, you, what happy me? birthday! Oh, thanks. I forgot about that myself. It was my birthday yesterday. But obviously, um, it wasn't the most social occasion of my life. Um, But I had a lovely day. I'm in my third decade now. Yes, Jesse is officially 30. He is the mature compass of this podcast from now on. Obviously. So how how do you feel? Do you feel any different? People always say that, don't they? Do you feel any different? Yeah, well, my knees ached more than they normally do um, when I woke up yesterday morning, so that's probably um, a sign. And in fact, the pain was um, going towards my shins, so mm. I've got this to look forward to. Um, but other than that, no, I don't feel it. Doesn't feel it's not the scope of the world isn't right for me to have fully appreciated my birthday. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and you're a very lonely child, so you like a big fuss about you. So yesterday must have been hell for you. I got lots of nice messages on um, Facebook and stuff, like from lots of people. But if they'd all sent me a thousand quid instead, I could have retired. So I'm disappointed, to be honest. That's a lovely way to look at your birthday, mate. (laughs) (laughs) Very cheery. 
<laughs> I got Amazon vouchers. I asked for Amazon vouchers from people. Sorry, I know Amazon's bad, but there's nowhere else to shop. And um, uh, yeah, so I got lots of them. So I'm going to save them all up. And then at the end of the year, I can get me a PS5. That's forward planning. That's mature planning. I'm a grown up now. That is. I'm surprised you didn't spaff it all on just random crap. Well, I did buy um, there Animal, we go. Animal Crossing. There it <laughs> but is. Apart from that, um, it's all good. It's all good. <laughs> uh, well, we said, uh, you know, we'll, we'll have to push your birthday back like everything else has been pushed back. And uh, yeah, or, or we could have like a WrestleMania style party and we just have you and no one else there. <laughs> just in an empty room, me celebrating on my own with a we'll little just watch it Skype. hat on. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I like that idea. Can we do that for the podcast? Just live stream your lonely birthday. Yeah, let's do it. It's all good gift um, potential, isn't it? <laughs> so much gift potential. Ah, <laughs> uh, shall we talk about the Simpsons and why we're talking about the Simpsons? Because these first kind of six episodes are the embodiment of our our personalities, and I think Simpsons is definitely up there. Seeing as ninety percent of the way we communicate with, with each other is through Simpsons quotes. The Simpsons, the first nine point five seasons of the Simpsons are some of the best television. As I'm sure everyone listening would agree, because you wouldn't be listening if you didn't like Simpsons, probably. Um, it's just some of the best comedy that's ever been made. It doesn't. What I love about it so much is that it doesn't need to be a cartoon. Mm. Like it, it, the comedy is just so well done that it could be done. It could be done live action. It could be done by anyone. And the fact that it's a cartoon is just irrelevant to it. It's amazing. Yeah, you're right. The first nine seasons of The Simpsons is fantastic, and I feel like. Our generation, especially our generation, we we quote Simpsons way too much just in normal everyday life of what we go about. When we're all in our 70s with dementia, we're just going to be like spouting Simpsons quote. We won't remember our, our friends and family. We'll just be there like, I want some taquitos. <laughs> and yeah. they'll just think we're mental. Yeah, uh, they'll be correct. But there is, uh, yeah, it's just one of those things that you can just, and there's usually someone around that knows what you're talking about as well when you say yep. it out of context, Simpsons quote, which is really lovely. And you'll notice that all the quotes that people know are from the first nine seasons as well. It's very true. When I'm alone in a house party and I don't know anyone, I just yell, me fail English, that's impossible. And just see who bites. Yeah, everyone's everything's coming up. Millhouse is always a good one as well. Yep, yep. If no one bites, I take my jacket and I leave the party. My uh, the lady that does my tattoos, who's a very lovely lady called Kelly. Um, we were chatting, and she showed me. I didn't realize she's got a tattoo of um, Millhouse's dad's album. Do you remember when he divorces? Oh, yes. So he's like, "Can I borrow a feeling?" It's called, <laughs> and uh, she's got that tattoo on her leg of the actual tape of it, which is one of the best things I've ever seen in my life. I think that's the greatest tattoo ever. You have a Simpsons tattoo. You have, um, oh, yeah, Mister Sparkle. I do. Um, yeah, I've got Mr. Sparkle in a sort of weird heart shape. Yeah, she did that. Um, it's Yeah, it's nice. I'd forgotten about that. Thanks. You're welcome. I know your body better than you do. <laughs> Should we play the music, get into it properly, explain the rules, talk about the last episode, all the normal shit we do? Yeah, well then, bust it. Bust it. I happen to love the number five. I have to pick up by wearing a towel. Mom, you're naked. Where did nine minutes go? Nine minutes already? Yeah. What a joke. Everyone's left. And I, I tuned into this with Simpsons, mate. Where the fuck are they? <laughs> we, we, we've done our fair bit. We've done our fair bit. Um, in that, in that 
intro, we have a bit of a Simpsons quote as well. That, that's how much it's involved and invested in our lives, Jesse. There you go. But we also have a quote from um, the American NBC show To Catch a Predator, which is um, a very real show where they um, lure and arrest paedophiles. Yep. And there will be a top five episode on that. You better damn believe it. I hope so. I love that shit. So much, so much. What was I going to say? Um, hello, old listeners. Hello, new listeners. <laughs> new listeners. <laughs> I'm, I'm channeling myself. Uh, new listeners, if you never listened to the show before, quickly going to run down the rules about what's going on here. Me and Jesse are doing a top five. Uh, but five is an odd number, and it's a bit unfair for someone to have three and someone to have two. So we basically have three each. But the final one, we both pick a number one, and we present to you why we think x thing is better than other thing in this case why we think this simpsons episode is better than jesse's and after the two-week period you guys vote on which you believe is the best episode and that becomes the canon number one for that episode makes sense jesse makes sense what happened with the louis one and look well my friend you, you are now it, didn't you no i did it i did it i did it, oh. I did it today i <laughs> today today <laughs> It's a very fair vote. So last week's episode was our TV episode, and we spoke about Louis Farouk documentaries. Jesse picked Louis Farouk, Savile, and I picked The Most Hated Family in America. And with a vast majority of 89% of the votes, I win The Most Hated Family in America 2-1 to the Max Daddy. Yeah, of course you fucking win, because uh, no one, not many people watch Savile. Winner. That's a bit much. I, um... I did say on the last episode that I would have had that as my number one, um, but you I were like, I, oh, I want it, I want but, it as my but number mommy, one. But mommy, mommy, Max took daddy, my number no, one. Daddy, I want the number one, actually. So that's what happened when you did it, <laughs> you bitch. <laughs> you calling each other a bitch a lot today. Yeah, I have to say a bit. I, I had Nick around earlier, we were playing FIFA, and uh, when you play as player two on FIFA, you have to name yourself. So um, I kept trying to name him Bitchface. No, he came up with Bitchface himself, I think. Uh, but oh, it wouldn't, very low self-esteem. Yeah, but it wouldn't let you put it in. It said it was a vulgar name. So it must have all these um, protections in it. So you can't do vulgar names. So we ended up calling him Beachface. What a great job just inputting all the swears you can think of so people can't use them. I know it's probably an algorithm that does it, but I love the idea of someone just typing in ball bag and all that yeah. stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Bag. What's your favourite um, insult? My favourite insult? Yeah. You can't throw that on me, like, out of nowhere like that. Um, okay. uh Cockwomble has always been a firm favourite. Love it. Thank you very much. Okay, on with the top five. Who's going first? Uh, I'll go first. All right. Take it All away, right. Cockwomble. Let's do it. Um, dick cheese, I don't know. <laughs> um, okay, uh, number five is... Um, it's from series three, and it was episode 20 of that season. Um, yeah. It is called Colonel Homer, this episode. This episode is, um, it's got several things that the Simpsons do incredibly well in it. Um, one of them is pastiching and taking the piss out of hillbillies. They've always done a phenomenal job at that. And the other one is playing with extramarital affairs or um, sort of love and realistic love in long-term relationships. Mm. And um, The Simpsons do it in several episodes. Um, another good example would be the one, um, I can't remember what it's called off the top of my head, um, when Homer has a new colleague at work, Mandy. Mindy. Mindy, that's Mindy. the one. Mindy, the hot girl. Uh, that's another one where they do it excellently. 
Um, but I think this one, they do a cracking job on it because the way he encounters um, Learning Lumpkin, who is um, a country singer, for anyone who hasn't seen this episode, um, Homer has an argument with Marge because Homer's being loud in the cinema. So Homer goes off for a drive on his own at nighttime because he's um, in a sulk, drives for ages and finds a little hillbilly um, sort of country um, bar. And in there, um, Lurleen Lumpkin, the barmaid, plays a few songs. No one's listening. No one gives a shit. He listens and thinks she's brilliant. Doesn't fancy her or nothing. Just um, he's like, ah, she's um, like really, really good. So he becomes friends with her and says, well, I'm going to be your manager. And um, sort of, I'm not sure how like you just decide to be someone's manager like that. But he did. Yeah, he managed. And um, so he says, right, we're going to get your songs heard and um, gets really invested in it. And then marge understandably is like who's this so we have an argument you run off you now you're randomly friends with this hot young country singer and you're spending all your time with her trying to make her a career it's a bit weird mate and i love that you're he, saying to me like if i went off and met a hot country singer <laughs> yeah what are you doing you betrayed me <laughs> um and that's that's basically the story and um spoiler alert if you ain't seen it the episode ends with um learning lumpkin having a uh the beginning of a very successful career thanks to homer um, she's on a country um, television show and in the dressing room, she tries to kiss Homer and start an affair with him. But he says, um, after a bit of inside thought, you know, uh, he says, no, can't do that. I love Marge too much um, and stops being our manager and goes home to Marge and gets in bed. And we can only presume has sex with her. <laughs> and um, <laughs> we're all grown ups here. That's probably what happened. And um I just think I just think it's lovely. It's just got such a nice, realistic because we've been there, like you know, like as blokes and stuff, like in my younger days when I was in my twenties, um, <laughs> like like occasionally. He means two do, days ago. He did this two days ago. <laughs> you do get um, sort of flattered by people, or you know, if you're in the arts or stuff, like you can confuse. Um, uh, it's quite a sort of touchy feely. Um, industry you know music and acting and things like that and you can get tricked thinking you're falling in love with people when you're actually not and all that and it can ver- affairs can very very easily happen and do regularly and so it struck <laughs> strikes a chord with me uh, for that reason <laughs> <laughs> well this isn't like uh, maybe this is or the vague you're emissions, filling like... yourself <laughs> i'm just projecting my own everything i've done wrong in my life i'm projecting on the simpsons Oh my goodness! Anyone people make mistakes. Who, yeah, people make mistakes. All right. Sometimes they're just really good singers, um, and but and play guitar nice and country music. Um, but it's um, yeah. So if anyone's listening who I've done that to, sorry. <laughs> but good episode, uh, eh? Great, oh, great, mate. Absolutely great. <laughs> uh, Started strong. Um, so, do you like this episode? I do love this episode. I thought Lurleen was a, a great character, and I also like um, a lot of my favorites revolve around Homer as a, as a person and the way he kind of does stuff. And it's interesting when they do these kind of marital affairy episodes. He always gets he gets pretty close. Like it's never like uh, oh, he gets pretty much right up to the line where something could happen. Um, yeah, I, I know plenty of people that would consider what he does already cheating a lot of the time yeah we call those people squares oh yeah <laughs> God, we ain't got time for them <laughs> Narks. If, if you ain't stuck it in get out 
Um, I also like Homer's hat in this. He gets a nice little country western outfit, and I feel That's like if ten gallon job, ten gallon job, and I want to get into the music industry, in the country music industry, just to get a nice outfit like that. Yeah, I like it. And um, and actually, the song that Lonely Lumpkin does, do you remember? Um, yeah. I finally bagged me a Homer. Um, is actually a banger. Yeah. <laughs> it's a really good song. I'd listen to that. Bunk with me tonight. It's uh Bunk with me tonight. It's a good song as well, yeah. Your wife um, don't I understand like... you. There was a lot there was a lot but of I messages do. here. Yeah. Yeah, there's yeah, they're all catchy songs. Maybe it's because I've watched the episode a million times and they're not catchy at all, they're just ingrained in my brain. But they are good. And also it's got one of the best jokes ever. Um when um, you've got the um on the country television show. Um, one of the one of the old hillbillies says to the other one, "I came home last night and caught my wife in bed with another man." And the other bloke goes, "You bit her?" And he goes, "Yep, bit him too." <laughs> Which I think might be the greatest joke ever. That is beautiful. That is something else. As a, a very strong start. What, might, have what... been, might have been slightly ruined then by me laughing before I even said the punchline because it was in my head. Jesse's just popping himself. <laughs> This episode's just gonna like degrade into us just quoting our favorite moments from these episodes. Yeah, it's gonna be tragic for everyone listening. Sorry, guys. Uh, but you can listen to the the actual joke there. By what episode and season was this? Oh, have you got it? Um, it um, it's um, season three, episode twenty. Excellent. I don't have it. It's just for when people get Disney Plus, they know what episode to. Oh to right, oh, I thought you were gonna drop it in like a right pro. Oh, well. uh, I can do it. Oh, uh, uh, yeah, no. right. Do it then. Oh, why do you always challenge me? Because you're a bitch. <laughs> and you're a cockwomble. Oh, you're a... Um, I already said knob cheese or dick cheese, didn't I? Whatever you I did. Uh, yeah, you're a... Um, I don't know. You're, your willy's as big as a tic-tac in a skate park. <laughs> your willy. Quite <laughs> skate park. <laughs> they just seem quite different sized. Well, unless we're talking about like the miniature toy ramps, then I'm fucking massive, mate. <laughs> oh, um, what are you doing? Where am I? Number four. Um, Number four. Yes, your one. Jesus Christ. Season four, episode 15, Jesse. Yeah. I love Lisa. Ah, oh, Ralph. Ralph. The, the quintessential heart and soul of The Simpsons. Is that too I, far? That's not too far. Um, it's, it's a little bit far, mate. What I far. like about Ralph is that... Um, he looks nothing like Chief Wiggum, but he has the exact same hair and face shape as one of the other police officers that's always seen with Chief Wiggum. Exactly. Um, which makes me think that maybe something um, extramarital happened there as well. Exactly. See, we all make mistakes. Exactly. Some of, them... <laughs> Some of them are Ralph Wiggum. For people that don't know this episode, uh, it's a very famous episode. On Valentine's Day, Lisa takes pity on Ralph and gives him a valentine when she sees that he hasn't received any. It's the beautiful card that says, I choo choo choose you. Uh, but Ralph needs too much into Lisa's gesture and much to Lisa's dismay, relentlessly pursues her, even though she's not interested. And it's, uh, it's a lovely episode about young love, Jesse. And I took it a lot is. of lessons from this. Yeah, I learned um, all my hardships from this and the episode I just talked about. Um, and uh, this... Uh, has the iconic moment when they're at the Krusty the Clown special and um, she freaks out, tells Ralph that she's not interested in it if she was just being nice. And then obviously the famous moment when they're watching it back on telly and Bart 
plays the moment when Ralph's heart breaks in two in slow motion. You can pinpoint the moment his heart rips in two. Ah, <laughs> uh, there's just... I think one of my favourite and like overlooked bits, because there's so many Simpsons jokes that you don't think a part of episodes were just so overlooked. And and there's a bit where Ralph comes to the door and Lisa's like, oh, he'll do anything for me. And Homer's like, anything? And then he gets him towering the roof. <laughs> I forgot about that. And he's in the hammock and he's like, Mr. Simpson, the fumes are making me dizzy. <laughs> yeah, that'll do that. <laughs> I'd forgotten all about that bit. See, that it's just funny. those little lines that are just so well done, and you just kind of forget that they're in these little bits. They're brilliant got... because they're hitting you so regularly with. But it's different types of humor, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? Like, yes. there's so many different. Like, there's slapstick. There's really clever wordplay. There's just stupid lowbrow jokes. Um, but everything they hit you with, um, they're just hitting it with you so quickly. Your brain can't retain them all, even. They're all brilliant. Yeah, exactly. And there's just so because this is just twenty minute shows and stuff yeah. that they kind of pack yeah. into oh. this. Um, and, and another bit is when um, Chief Wigan pulls over Homer, and he's like, "You got to bust a tail light," and he smashes the the tail light. And Homer goes, "One of these days, honest citizens will rise up against correct cops." And Wigan's like, "They will," and then panics and freaks out, and runs yeah, away. And this is like that's why Chief Wigan is so good. He says, so uh, they will. Uh, have they set a date? <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then the, the, the underlying thing, because obviously there's the, the crusty thing that Jesse mentioned where she kind of destroys him. But on the lead up to this, there's a school play that's going on, uh, President's Day, I think, just celebrating all the different oh, presents. Yeah. Um, and Ralph gets past uh, class, uh, cast. Fucking hell, Jesse. <laughs> they do. As George Washington and Lisa plays Martha Washington. And um, he does this beautiful, empowered speech. And there's a really beautiful moment where he's standing on the fire and he's holding the I choose you choose you um, card and he throws it in the fire and then delivers that monologue. Salma's crying in the audience. It's beautiful, man. It is beautiful. It's Yeah, it's got genuine heart to it. Like, like I said earlier, the Simpsons can... They trick you because um, they're making you laugh with all this crazy humour and then um, suddenly they hit you with something really heart-wrenching. I've welled up at The Simpsons more times than I care to admit. <laughs> exactly. Um, Bart uh, dresses as the Terminator and kills other presidents, which is just uh, another fantastic moment. But the episode has a, a lovely finish where Lisa gives uh, Ralph another card after his fantastic performance as George Washington, and it says, let's be friends, and there's a picture of the bee on the front. Let's be friends. And also, something that you can take away from this episode, if you get into um, performing, you get pussy. <laughs> yes, you you are correct. <laughs> you are correct. Um, can't follow that, except for giving you a fact. This is actually the first episode where Ralph is stated to be uh, Police Chief Clancy's son for the first time. Oh, really? Yeah. It's a fun little nothing fact. Gets, nothing gets chocolate out, see? <laughs> so, yeah, there's there's a fun little fact for you to, to end my little bit, but this is... That is fun. I didn't, that's mad. This is season four, right? That's yeah. a lot of episodes before we um, know that. Maybe that's why they did the whole, you know, he doesn't really look like chief wiggum because it fits yeah, the story well, nicely for uh chief wiggum to pick on homer so they're like oh let's just put them together yeah that's true well there is um i think it's the first season uh in um, pa- parent teacher evening um night that they do 
um, in one of the episodes, and it's it's lovely because um, on um, parent evening, parent evening, basically, um, as they're going into the school, there's a sign outside saying, "Tonight, parents' evening. Let's share the blame." And uh, <laughs> but when they're in there, Ralph is there because Ralph is a character from season one, but he's sitting with someone who isn't Chief Wiggum, like a random dad that they barely attempted to draw. Oh, wow. Okay. That's so fact for you. There you go. I'll end on one more fact. Uh, the whole reason that this episode happened was Al Jean, who was the executive producer throughout the whole run. Uh, in the third grade, he received a Valentine's card that actually was I Choo Choo Choose You. And wow. he wondered if the girl actually liked him. And he told his writing partner, Mike Reese, about it. And they thought it would be a good idea for an episode. So the best episodes come from real life heartbreak, Jesse. That's absolutely lovely. Um, if anyone's interested, I'm um, talking about the writers and stuff. Um, Conan O'Brien, who now does a talk show in Meriki, I'm sure people know him, um, used to be a Simpsons writer. That was like his first big proper job, and he was bloody good at it. A lot of the best episodes were written by him. Um, but on YouTube, there's him with a bunch of other Simpsons writers, like just sitting at a table chatting about the old days, and it's like an hour long, and it's really fucking cool. If you're a Simpsons nerd, it's really interesting. I've not watched that. Ah, it's good. You like it. I'll get on that. So that was I Love Lisa at number four. It's the 15th episode of season four. I just felt like I was doing a top 40 hits then. Yeah, what are you, what are you doing with all these facts as well? You didn't tell me to prepare facts. Wait, it's basic. You're making me look, well. You're coming at me with your facts. <laughs> well, get ready, because there's more coming. I got a ready guy. <laughs> Bring it up. <laughs> um, right, um, my next one, number three. Three, uh, yeah, um, is um, this is season eight, which in my humble opinion is the best Simpsons series, um, pound for pound. Though every every episode is basically a hit in season eight. Um, episode fifteen, it's called Homer's Phobia. Um, now this episode, I can't tell if it's ahead of its time or behind, behind its time. <laughs> what do you think? I think it's ahead of its time by being behind its time. And I say that purely for the fact of it takes the the stance of dads who don't quite understand what's going on and it educates them. So it, it mixes both quite nicely. Yeah, um, it's, yeah, because it ends, it's good. For anyone who doesn't know the episode, um, Homer um, and Marge and the family, the Simpsons, I think they're called, um, are um, skint, so they go to try and sell um, Marge's grandmother's old um, wartime soldier model thing um, to a sort of cheap, uh, chic sort of thrift store. Um, and it turns out it's worthless. But the guy who runs the store is a guy called John, who um, Homer takes to, and they have a nice chat, and Marge, and they invite him around for dinner, have a lovely time. John's awesome. He's like a really cool dude. And then late uh, Marge then tells Homer the next day, oh, John's gay. And Homer freaks out because he's homophobic. And um, it took me ages, by the way, to realise that Homer's Phobia, the title of this um, episode, was a play on homophobia. Um, oh, shit, I, I just got like, that. Yeah, right? I was like, I was <laughs> I was not, not, it wasn't long ago, <laughs> but I got it as well. Um, and... Um, Homer becomes homophobic, hates it, and hates the fact that Bart seems to love John so much as well because he's scared that his son will be also become gay. Um, so he tries to take him hunting, doesn't go well. John saves them all. So it takes John saving Homer's life for him to realise that gays are actually all right. Um, so it all, all, all ends well. But some of the stuff that Homer says throughout this episode is really close to the bone and, like, unacceptable, right? Oh, definitely. I know I know that's the point, but it's still weird to hear it on The Simpsons. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, especially from 
this kind of character, character that you, you that grow and love. Like. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because Homer, like you said earlier, the best episodes tend to revolve around Homer. And not to get all negative, but we all know that New Simpsons is shit, right? Yeah. And the, the reason, the, the biggest reason of that is the whoever's writing The Simpsons now and has been for the last 20 fucking years has forgotten why we all love Homer. Like, they're like, oh, he's just an idiot, right? He's just a stupid man. It's like, no, that's not, that's not why we all warm to Homer. It's because he, he, the decisions he makes are stupid, but there's rationality behind them. Like, you can, even though they're stupid, you can see how Homer got to that conclusion. Do you know what I mean? Whereas in Newer Simpsons, they've just made him a fool guy yes, with no heart. Yeah, he's just become a bit of an idiot. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't work. And but um, like in this one, he's um, being incredibly homophobic, incredibly hurtful. Uh, but the things he does to try and stop Bart being gay are so stupid. But um, but you can see Homer's twisted logic in it, and it stops you hating Homer. And and we get to see some fantastic stuff. Like the steel mill is pretty iconic um, <laughs> when they go to the steel mill because he thinks that's like a really masculine job. And it turns out that they're all gay. And um, he shouts, what is it when he shouts, um, you're all pigs or something. And then just one hand comes up and flops with, I'll be nice. (laughs) (laughs) Which which I I should say to people on a regular basis. That's one of those quotes that's always stuck in my head. Uh, um, I always think that's such a, a bigger moment, the steel mill, but it's really not. But I just remember it so well. Yeah, it's so quick. And then uh, we work hard, we play hard, and then um, everyone turns into a gay nightclub. Turns into a gay club. Yeah, that's brilliant. Um, And also another fantastic bit in this episode. Um, So as I said, Homer takes Bart hunting um, to try and make him a man with um, Mo and Barney, and they're all there. Um, uh, Try. So first off, Barney says, "Why don't we go take him to shoot a deer?" That's like killing a beautiful man, which I think is a lovely sentence. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and then um, later on, when it hasn't gone well, and uh, Bart didn't kill anything, and he's asleep in the car, and they're driving back, and um, Mo goes, "Oh, don't worry, Homer. We can always um, let's get take your other kid hunted, Lisa. Let's uh, let's turn her into a man." And then Homer goes, "She'd never go. She's a vegetarian." And then Mo goes, oh, Jesus, Homer, jeez, you and Marge weren't cousins, were you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, beautiful. <laughs> this is such a kind of weird episode, because Simpsons is always known for uh, predicting stuff, isn't it? And, and being ahead of curves and trends. And I think you're right. This is definitely one of those. This came out in what, like 90, mid 90s? 97. 97, yeah. So to kind of have this kind of viewpoint, like obviously people had this viewpoint in, in the late 90s, it wasn't that bad. Um, but it was still pretty what we're kind of dealing with still now today. Yeah. Um, and we should we should definitely mention the guy that actually voices John, the character of this, is um, an actor called John Waters, mm-hmm. who um, is... Um, I don't actually know much of his work. I haven't seen him in all that much stuff, but... Um, I love him. Like um, I'm looking at his face now on my phone, and he is John, like from The Simpsons, down to the little pencil mustache and everything. They've just sort of made him look like him. Yeah, and um, and he he is gay and a massive gay activist, and like has been like he's huge in the LGBT scene for basically doing um, gay cinema, um, like cult cult LGBT movies from like the 70s, right? So it wasn't easy to do that shit back then, and he's always done it, and he's awesome. 
Um, but he, um, uh, I've got a fact for this one. If you want to come at me with your facts, I'll get bad. Get a fact right out, you guy. <laughs> uh, and uh, this, uh, so uh, John. Um, this is Jesse expressed- searching for a fact, by the way. Um, <laughs> um, um, I'm just making it up. I'm staring at my hand, hoping for something to like a word will come out of the lines. Um, but he uh, he agreed to do this episode and said, "Oh yeah, no, it's good, good idea. We should do like a gay aware Simpsons episode and stuff." Um, uh, and then he got the script and he requested one thing to be changed, like knowing. So do you remember when Homer's sort of having a go at John the first time he sees him knowing he's gay in his kitchen? Mm-hmm. And he says, and he says, why do you have to be so, so? And then John goes, queer. And Homer goes, yeah, that's another thing. Stop using that word. That's our word for making fun of you. So, <laughs> uh, which is funny. But in, in the original script, the original Simpsons script, the word was fag, not queer. Ah. Which which in the 90s was more acceptable than it is now. I, it still wasn't particularly acceptable. But John Waters saw that in the script and said, um, I don't personally have a problem if you want to keep that in the script, but I will just give you some helpful like advice and I will tell you that that's not going to age well at all. So wow. you should probably change it. And so they went, okay, they trusted him. You know, he's got um, uh, qualifications. <laughs> and um, they went, all right, we'll change it. So <laughs> they changed university. <laughs> <laughs> so they, so they, um, they changed it to queer. But he was quite, imagine if it had been fag in that episode. It would have been awful, wouldn't it? It would be, mm. um, it would be unbroadcastable now. Yeah, there's a lot of... I've got something in one of my episodes coming up that would have completely changed the shape of it. And it's difficult with that kind of stuff, especially with the 90s, times change so much. And yeah, it gets a bit awkward in the future. Yeah, totally. I I like at the end of this episode as well that uh, Bart doesn't realise really throughout the whole episode that he thinks... uh, that Homer thinks he's gay. (laughs) And until (laughs) until he's like... um, gays are okay you know my son and Bart was like wait what <laughs> i know things that are like when they're having dessert and there's a, a pink fairy cake and a chocolate cake and the fact that bart goes for the pink one is further evidence to homer that bart's gay <laughs> <laughs> one thing i just saw that i like about this um before the credits roll the episode is dedicated to all the steelworks of america telling them to keep reaching for that rainbow yeah keep reaching for that rainbow Beautiful. that's always been in my head as well like i always um I used to sign off emails like that quite a lot. <laughs> I hope this invoice finds you well. Keep reaching <laughs> Keep for that reaching rainbow. For that rainbow. <sighs> Jesse Patrick Burns. <laughs> oh, this is an episode I don't watch that regularly. It, uh, it doesn't come in my normal cycle of Simpsons episodes. So I'm excited next Tuesday to, to relive this one. Because there's also um, Bart and Millhouse when they're dancing in the wigs and stuff. And they're doing oh, a bit yeah, of yeah, yeah. you know, it's just like little things like that you forget and you just kind of want to see again. Yeah. It's, and it'll be um, interesting to see how it's aged. It's lovely. Just season eight. Just put season eight on start to finish. It's just phenomenal. Uh, it's season four for me, my friend. Is it? Four over eight? I could watch four again and again and again. You are having a laugh. Well, to, to be fair, I could watch all of them up to the end of season nine. That's fair. And my next pick, which is pick number cool. two. Oh, we're flying my, through these today. We are, aren't we? My birth tastes funny then. We we say we get to this point with number two, and I swear this happens every episode. We get to this point with number two, 40 minutes, and then the episodes end up being an hour and 40 minutes long. 
Well, when we get to my number one, I'm pretty confident I could just recite the entire script of the episode. And that's what I plan to do. Yes, in, in, enjoy the next uh, 40 minutes <laughs> of the show. So at number two, mine comes from season four, the 17th episode. And I don't know if this is kind of, I don't think it's an underrated one. I think it's a fan favorite. It's called Last Exit to Springfield. A favorite of yours, dear Jesse? Yeah, no, I really like it, um, but I, I don't, I don't know if I'd put it in a top ten, to be honest. Oh, but, um, well, let I me, do like it very much. Let me explain to you why remind it's in the top me. ten. I will remind you. So, for those who don't know, I'll give you the synopsis on this episode. So, Homer finds himself filling in for the Springfield Nuclear Power Plant's union leader uh, when it times to negotiate a new contract, with Mr. Burns, and obviously, Homer and Mr. Burns are kind of tough negotiators the side plot of this is lisa needs braces and homer exactly it's that famous line of um mr burns wants to get rid of the dental plan and he'll give them all free beer and it takes homer a good five minutes of uh dental plan lisa needs braces dental plan lisa needs braces and it goes on like that for quite a while and he ends up being union president and the thing i love about this episode so much is from start to finish it is just joke after joke after joke, and every single one hits every single time. The episode opens with them watching the McBain movie, and he cracks out <laughs> through the ice. He's like, I used to see you. I used to see you. It's, um, <laughs> did you know that you could take... Um, they've done, like, if you take all the clips from McBain, which are across a good, like, um, 10, 12 episodes or something, you can put them all together to sort of make a short film. They're all They're all out of order, but the scenes all make sense when you put them in the right order. I hope that was actually intentional, but I also hope it was a happy accident as well. If it was a happy accident, then The Simpsons are the most genius writers I've ever seen in my life. They are indeed. We know this for a fact. I think this episode is quite adult because it deals with stuff like, when I watched as a kid, I didn't know what a union was. And the first bit of the episode is uh, the union... The original union president promises to to clean up the union, and there's a joke that he's buried in the football field, and then they crack another joke that we hope he shows up alive and well, and everyone in the union just laughs. Like, <laughs> guy got murdered, guys, come on. And so, yeah, the dental plan happens, and uh, Doctor Wolf, who's the dentist, who I think has one of the best voices. Oh ever. God, I forgot. You're right. This episode's brilliant. This is There's a brilliant episode. Stuff. Yeah. Why do you fill my office, turn my office into a house of lies? <laughs> Let's it's... look at the big book of British smiles. <laughs> With Prince Charles on the front. <laughs> yeah. uh, and it just goes on and on like that for, for ages. Homer is accidentally in this position of power and Mr. Burns thinks he's this negotiating genius. And but Homer's just an idiot, and he he keeps kind of escaping all of these situations. There's a bit where Mr. Burns invites him to his house to to negotiate the contract, <laughs> and he takes him on the tour, and he shows him the world's biggest TV, and then he's like, "Here's a thousand monkeys working on the next Shakespeare." It was the best of times. It was the blast of times. <laughs> that Stupid is monkey. that is possibly one of the greatest jokes in The Simpsons. Be- it's one of those jokes again that's not what you'd expect from a cartoon like you laugh at it because blurst is a funny word and then you laugh at it because you think like they were that close do you know what i mean and mr burns even though they only got like two letters wrong to write of monkeys actually writing shakespeare and mr burns completely dismisses it and isn't happy with it at all (laughs) it's brilliant 
Uh, and then again, subtle jokes. And then after that whole tour, he takes him down to the basement for the negotiation. He's like, uh, "Yeah, this this isn't as fancy as the rest of the place." And he's like, "I should stop ending the tour here." <laughs> and they repeat that joke again in a bit. But uh, and then Homer's like, "Oh, I need to use the bathroom." And Mister Burns is like, "He didn't even hear me out." You know, thinking that Homer's doing all of this with like tactical mind play and stuff. And there's just so many things that he does where he um, pretends to be. He sees him as this big negotiator, and there's a bit where he's stretching and he's watching him on the monitor, but really he's just trying to get a lollipop off his back. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and Mr. Burns invites Homer into his office, and he's doing all these sly innuendos. Homer's <laughs> like, Is he coming on to me? He is coming <laughs> on to me. <laughs> and it's just all that kind of stuff. And um, they repeat that joke again where they do the whole tour where Mr. Burns wants to get vengeance and he's going to turn off the power to Springfield and it's he goes down these poles and facial recognition and data scanning and then he just goes through a bookcase and there's just this dog and this broken door that he has to kick out and it's just little <laughs> bits like that that are just so, so funny. And Is, is this the episode or am I getting confused when... Um, uh, no, no, it's a different episode, don't worry. Uh, where they... Um when Lisa's singing like the folk song, the protest song. No, this is, this is it. This is it. This is that episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, a hero named Homer and a devil named Burns or something. Yes, because um, they he knocks out the power and then he does his Grinch listening and they're, they're singing yes. in the night. Uh, they sing without plunders. They sing without, and it just goes on like that. And it's a really this good is, song as well. It's a great song. That's what I was about to say. Yeah. Like, between Lisa and Lurley Lumpkin, we've got some fucking banging acoustic tunes going on here. Yeah. But, um... Um, like the Grinch, the Mr. Bird's Grinch bit there is one of the more obvious ones. But if anyone cares to Google just like um, movie references in The Simpsons or something like that um, and just find the amount of like shot for shot um, things Simpsons do as homages to these various classic films that are so subtle, you wouldn't even know they were there unless you sort of read about them. There's like articles on them on um, Google and that and it's good. Yeah, yeah, it never becomes parody. It's always just so very subtle the way they do it. Um, this is the episode I was talking about a second ago where you said if it had been different if they'd done something. Uh, so in this episode, there's a smart line bit with Kent Brockman and they have like a panel of people, which is Mr. Burns and Homer. And originally it was going to be OJ Simpson voice wow. guesting uh, before he did OJ stuff. And yeah. yeah, the Simpsons were like, thank God he turned it down. Otherwise we yeah. would have been screwed. Yeah, right. I mean, they've had issues with the Michael Jackson um, episode, haven't they? And um, that's technically um, not, you know, Michael Jackson was never convicted and they still won't air that episode or put it on Disney Plus or anything. No, exactly. Uh, Director Mark Kirkland considers this episode to be one of the most surreal episodes that he's worked on because there's so much story crammed into this, so many parodies, visual sequences. He says it's just one of the craziest episodes that he's ever been a part of and when you rewatch this, there's so much in it. It is, you're right, and it's not conventional. So, like, <clears throat> for anyone who doesn't know, and this actually uh, ruined cartoons for me a bit when I learned this, so sorry, only everyone. But uh, the basic formula of a cartoon like The Simpsons or Family Guy or anything like that is you have an A story and a B story. So there's always, um, like, a main story and then something else running concurrently with other main characters through it, which is a very little consequence, but just a little bit of a breather away. So say you've got a Homer-centric episode like this, there'll normally be something Lisa and Bart are doing 
sort of in the background and they sort of just split it that way to keep you breathing but as you say this one's so crammed a story there's there's no b story really it's just like they just throw in this really complicated storyline yeah it, lisa needs braces is is the b storyline but it feeds into the main narrative as well it's, yeah, yeah. yeah yeah it's the um uh motive for the whole main arc. yeah exactly and simpsons mocks that theory quite a bit there's a couple of episodes where they'll do you know lots of different short stories and stuff and, and be the role so they acknowledge that storytelling quite a bit bit which i like yeah also like obviously rule number one when you're writing this sort of thing or any sort of sitcom tv show you have to finish the episode where you started basically like you have to make sure nothing's changed so that you can do another episode you know where nothing where there's no um consequence to it but simpsons have played with that as the years have gone by as well yeah exactly this episode ends with um homer winning the dental plan and mr burns thinks he's got the upper hand and he's like i'll give you your dental plan but you have to resign as union president and then he does the famous chicken walk on the floor which i've done many times in my life me too so on fifa you could do it as a celebration when you score a goal so guess, guess what i make my players do every time I score. get down there <laughs> Ah, <laughs> uh, fantastic. It, it's one of my favorite episodes. And I, I do think it gets overlooked. Like there is a lot of appreciation for this episode. Um, but yeah, watch it again when it comes out, because there's just I think from start to finish, it's just comedy after comedy. Yeah, you're right. I'd uh, I'd sort of I'd forgotten how much is in this episode. I think because like you say, because it hits you with so much shit, like y- your brain can't contain it all. <laughs> so you forget that this is such a good episode. Yes, yeah, definitely. So that is uh, episode 17, season four, baby. Yes, it is. Um, so my number one now. Oh, um, it's it's go yeah. time. It's fight time. It's fight time. How long have we been recording? This feels like a quickie. It is a quickie. I what don't know why on, it's like so quickie. 10 minutes? <laughs> <laughs> 47 minutes. So maybe we'll actually do an hour episode for once. Because oh, the last nice. two episodes, the Pop Punk and Louis Farouk, are both one hour, 41 minutes. Exactly. They? Yeah. It is like a second out. Spooky. Mm-hmm. Um well, uh this episode, um, so I'm sure in the future one day um we'll probably do top five like one off Simpsons characters or something, I imagine. Oh yeah. And um and this episode might be a bit of a spoiler as to who my number one will be, because he absolutely makes this episode. This is episode two of season eight, the best season there is. Season. I said it like that because uh, because I nearly said series, and I was like, no, it's American. You say season for American and series for English, don't you? You but do. I get I get confused with that sometimes, so I went series and season. Um, season eight, episode two. It's called "You Only Move Twice." Um, this episode um, features the one-off character Hank Scorpio who might be the finest um, character creation ever made for no other reason than every line he says is improvised by the actor who played him, whose name has completely gone out of my head. Albert Brooks. Thank you, Albert Brooks, who has done several um, Simpsons characters over the years. I believe he was um, uh, the French guy as well that Marge nearly has an affair with. Do you remember him? Yes, yes. Yeah, that was um, that was him as well. Um, so he's not he's like not an A-lister actor or anything. He's just an actor that comes in and occasionally does voices. But yeah. he's such a I know good him for performer. Finding Nemo. Ah, okay, there you go. But he everything he does is Hank Scorpio. Um, he um, 
and and any character who's ever played, he completely improvised. He's just in the in the booth, just saying stuff. And uh, Dan Castellaneta, who does Homer's voice, was there for a lot of it as well, just to bounce off and react to him. Like the hammock stuff is all just completely Albert Brooks just going off on one, and I was just like, "Yep, yeah, okay, cool. <laughs> what are you talking about?" That's amazing. Um, yeah, just everything he says is just ah, oh, it's brilliant. It's just pure gold. But anyway, if you haven't seen this episode, this is um, the Simpsons family. Um, or Homer gets offered a job to move to a new town. Um, and it's this town that's been sort of purpose built for this um, place, sort of like the Cadbury's town, right? And um, so Cadbury's town, I always thought, um, do you remember watching Coronation Street when you were a little boy, when it was sponsored by Cadbury's? And yeah. you would see the proper little chocolate people. Like, I thought that 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 was sort of real <laughs> because I knew Cadbury Town was a real place, <laughs> but then uh, but it turns out it's not. Uh, but um, so they move to this purpose-built place um, made by Hank Scorpio, um, who ends up being a bit of a Bond villain. But he, he's also the greatest boss of all time, despite the fact that he's a Bond villain. Um, Homer has an amazing time living in this town. He's got his dream job. Everything's going brilliantly. The rest of the family are not. Marge is um, a stay-at-home housewife, but she can't. Um, do any um, cooking or cleaning or anything because the house is so modern it just does everything for her um, Maggie's just on a swing of a jig all day which she hates um, Lisa is allergic to everything in the town Bart is put into a um, that was me did you hear that bang I did that was that was me trying to um, like number these off on my fingers but I completely missed my finger and just punched the table and it really <laughs> fucking hurt <laughs> But, um, uh, far Bart... too enthusiastic. <laughs> um, but um, uh, gets put in like basically a special needs class because um, they think he's stupid, and so that's not good. And um, so they all have a miserable time except Homer. So they end up going back to Springfield, and Hank Scorpio is very understanding. But the as I said, Hank, every line Hank Scorpio says is absolute gold in this episode. In this episode, um, I also really like that. So this is episode two of season eight, um, and the marketing and advertising for this episode was brilliant. Cause the first se- the first episode of this season was a Treehouse of Horror, as it normally is with mm-hmm. um, Simpsons ep- uh, seasons. So that was a standard Treehouse of Horror. And then all of the press, when this episode was going to be on telly and stuff, they put it out saying, the Simpsons are going to move to a new town. Homer has a new job. So it felt like it might actually be a th- be a permanent change, right? Yeah. So everyone, you know, pre-internet and stuff, pre-internet being a big thing, everyone's reading the paper and going, oh, Simpsons are going to be moving to a new place. And um, so the, it, everyone thought it could be a real thing. And it, so people were watching this episode. It got crazy good ratings for that reason. And then at the end, they end up going back to Springfield um, anyway. But I, I think it's, uh, I just think it's brilliant. It's, and it's lovely that it doesn't rely on um, on the p- standard cast characters either, because it is in a new town. Everyone you meet is a new character. Yeah, and it definitely set them up for future episodes because The Simpsons are very good at making one-off, one-shot characters and building whole towns around interesting people. That's a fantastic one. So Hank Scorpio, um, Carl with a K, um, is a fantastic character. Yeah. Oh, it's The Simpsons. I wish Um, I had a voice like him. Yeah, me too. Um, He's voiced by um, the guy who plays um, Mrs. Doubtfire's brother. Do you remember him? Yeah, what a weird fact to know. Yeah, right? But he's got the exact same voice, right? Like, that's just his voice when he's in uh, Mrs. Dark. Oh, yeah, because it's, it's, it's David from Independence Day. David! Yeah. Right, there you go, yeah. 
Um, I get another one that um, Hank Scorpio, actor man, Alfred, whatever, I've forgotten his name again, um, voices, um, <laughs> yeah, is uh, Jacques, the French bowling guy that we were talking about. Uh, when he talks about, do you remember when he talks about brunch? You, you must join me for brunch. It's not quite breakfast. It's not quite lunch, but you get a good meal. <laughs> <laughs> so much passion. It is, yeah. And that's again, that's this actor just like in the in the voiceover of a studio, just talking, just making stuff up as he goes along. Oh, I love this episode because of the um it's got such a strong bond vibe to it which is imagine why you love it so much because it's got that very strong bond element and you know, that element of it is there yeah yeah and then hank scorpio is is a bad guy but you're right i would work for him in a second yeah he's brilliant and just the little things that he as I, again like watching this knowing that every hank scorpio line was improvised is makes it even better because then you realize that everything he says is so abstract and weird but it but you really warm to him, and he's a really, really lovely guy as well. Uh, like, um, say, Homer, um, what country do you prefer, Germany or France? <laughs> like that, like things like that. And um, when... nobody ever says Italy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and when Homer asks for some cream, uh, no, for some sugar, doesn't he? You go, oh, here you go. Sorry, it's not in packages. Want some cream? And like, just it's so weird. It doesn't make any sense at all. But it's just really funny. I also like as well when. Because at the end, uh, Hank Scorpio is under attack from many of the agencies he's pissed off around the world. <laughs> and Homer's like, what does he give Homer, like, a, a machine gun or something? He's like, if you feel like killing anyone on the way out, it would really help me a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Homer, Homer, I'll miss you, and if you want to kill someone, it'll help me out a lot. And then um, he kicks, as he's walking, he kicks that grenade. Like, just like, <laughs> yeah. oh, shucks, I can't believe I've lost my dream job. And does actually kill some people. He does, yeah, well done, Homer. Um, and he he doesn't get the um, he wants the Dallas Cowboys, doesn't he? That's Homer's ultimate dream to own the Dallas Cowboys. But um, and Hank Scorpio buys in the Denver Broncos at the end, who are waiting on his. Oh fuck! That's another really good part of this episode when they when they're trying to uh, when they're trying to sell their house. So they oh, first, yeah, when yes. he comes around, you go, "Hello, I'm not interested in buying the house, but I'd like to rifle through your magazines and um, just use touch your all your stuff. Yeah, yeah, use the toilet and touch all your stuff in an unsanitary manner. Ha! Now you know how it feels. <laughs> it runs away. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, God bless you, Apu. You beautiful man. Is he? At? He's gone now, isn't he? Is he? Racist character, apparently. Yeah, they got rid of him. They've written him out of the Simpsons. I remember there was a big hoo-ha about it, but I don't know. I didn't know if they acted upon it. Yeah, so yeah, so he's not in. He's not in the Simpsons anymore. Yeah, I don't know how I feel about that. I know it's weird because we're not Indian, so I feel like we we're not allowed to really have a say on it. But it, it's true. But I always just remember like middle, you know, twenty-year-old white women were making all the fuss on Twitter. Yeah, well, I think a documentary was made by an Indian comedian called and "The Problem fine. with Apu." Um, which um, which was about how uh, the stereotype of a poo makes it quite difficult for Indian kids at school, which I could sort of understand. And also like the stereotype that he works in a um, like convenience store and things like that. But um, it's yeah, it's a weird one. Like, uh, like, again, as I said, we don't have any right to comment on it. So there's no point saying anything. But I never viewed a poo as a stereotype. Oh God, you have I've changed. Reviewed. What do you no, mean? I don't like 30-year-old Jesse. No, I'm not being all, like, PC at that, but, like, all I'm saying, when I was a kid, I didn't view a poo as a stereotype at all, so I didn't... 
make that connection in my head. Do you know what I mean? It was just he's just another character, and he had, he was a, had a character with integrity. I always thought. Yeah, Jesse was a very woke eight year old. <laughs> I mean, I, you know, I'd still cross the street if I saw him. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. Thank you very much. <laughs> Solid number one, my friend. Solid number one. Um, I don't. You. I don't know if that's going to win. No, I know because it's it's not one of those episodes that people always fondly go. Oh, people always remember Hank Scorpio, don't they? And go, he's an amazing character, but they don't necessarily look at the episode and um, go, ah, oh, some more um, Hank Scorpio lines. Do you remember when we first meet him? <laughs> and um, he says. Um, he says, uh, Any, anything you want, you can have. You like these shoes? Well, neither do I. And he throws them away. Get the hell out of here. You ever seen a grown man say goodbye to a shoe? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but this is the good thing. People can watch these episodes and then make an informed decision. They are good. Another, um, when uh, Marge says she's worried about the bums rush, she goes, we're not bums in our town, Marge. And if we did, they wouldn't rush. They'd be allowed to go at their own pace. <laughs> <laughs> you model a lot of your life on Hank Scorpio, don't you? I do. He's brilliant. I love him. Just seen and, he was gin- and he's ginger, and, and he's, he's the first ginger. man, and he's the first man to wear jeans with a sports coat. I do that. Was he the first man? Well, he was the first. He says he's the first wealthy man in America to do do it. Now they all do it. <laughs> oh, I really hope you become a billionaire one day, just so you can live out your dream of being Hank Scorpio. Like channel Hank Scorpio. I'll absolutely do my best. I won't even like be bothered about the money. I just want to be a legitimate Hank Scorpio. All I want out of our friendship is for one day for you to ask me, what's your favourite country, Italy or France? It's all I ever want. <laughs> Do you know what the biggest missed opportunity in the fucking world is? And they actually have a chance to write it because they recently um, announced that they're making a Simpsons movie too. Ooh. Um, which, well, yeah, you say that, but will it be good? But um, Simpsons movie one, right? Um, why wasn't Hank Scorpio the supervillain in that film? <sighs> I Wouldn't don't... that have been a fantastic like Loop return around. for a one yeah. character? It, just imagine the the first teaser trailer being released and stuff, and then like, and you can sort of hear his voice, you're recognising it, and then the teaser trailer ends with like the big bomb villain chair turning around to reveal Hank Scorpio sitting in it or something. Imagine how much better that film. I know the film did well, but imagine like how much proper Simpsons fans would have gone mental for that shit. It's true. I don't even remember who the actual villain was. Nor me. Yeah, a new character. They should have. Uh, they should have done it with Hank Scorpio. Would have been stunning. Campaign, Jesse. Let's get. Let's get this campaign going. Let's do it. Let's just get them to remake those scenes of the film with Hank Scorpio. You could probably do that yourself. You're good at coloring. I can color as long as someone else does the lines. <laughs> he can stay in them. Everyone. He's very good. He's very good. <laughs> okay, my number one. Let's see if I can defeat Hank Scorpio. Shockingly, this is from season four. Yeah, well, I've had... Um, have all three of yours been from season four? Uh, Lisa, I love you. I can't remember. Let me have a look. I just found an acapella band. Oh, not the B-Sharps. Not the B-Sharps. Oh, that was a good episode as well. We'll that do some honourable uh, mentions in a bit, because there's a, a oh, fair few. Fourth season, yep. Sorry, That's everyone. That's bad. Yeah, no, that's cool. Um, yeah, two of mine were from season eight, which is my favourite, and then season three was uh, Luralene Lumpkin. I think because I just remember season four so much as a kid. I think it was just constantly on, because the great thing about being a British kid in the 90s and the 2000s is you came home and they'd be like, Simpsons Channel 4, 6 o'clock. 
it that was it was, was BBC Two, mate. It, when we were kids, was it? Yeah. What did I say? <laughs> was it, mate? Um, yeah, <laughs> you said Channel Four. Oh, sorry. Um, it was it on was Channel Four for a bit, two. though. When we were kids, I don't remember. It's a long time ago, Jesse. A laugh. You're it was on BBC. It was on BBC Two. It was Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Then it was The Simpsons. Then it was Malcolm in the Middle. Or sometimes you got Robot Wars as well. Robot Wars, but that was on ITV, I think. So you had to switch channels. Um, yeah, I know. Um, and but um, when I was a kid, so my auntie Sue, my dear auntie Sue, um, had like cable before anyone else that we knew, and she used to film um, Simpsons episodes on videotape and Phew. send them to me like we were in war. And um, just send me the videotapes. And it and so, like, it's really weird because I've got, like, early 90s adverts Same. that I associate with Simpsons. Do you know what I mean? Because I just watch these tapes from telly so much. Because they always used to have the little um, BBC2 logo and it'd always do something funny. It'd be, like, either a fuzzy robot or it'd be in with a bunch of ducks. You remember that? Like, in between... Yeah, 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 yeah. That makes me think of Simpsons. Also, this probably makes no one else think of Simpsons, but it's only because of this one video I had that had this advert in the middle. Do you remember Chewitz? Yes. Do you remember the dinosaur? dinosaur mass- yeah. yeah. Do you remember the advert when he's just rollerblading through London, destroying it, and they're doing, I like to chew it, chew it, I like to chew it. And yep. it just goes on. And, but, and it's like a really upbeat cartoon. But when you think about the actual destruction he was causing, it's quite <laughs> biblical. <laughs> One of London's worst tragedies. It's amazing we, st- we recovered. <laughs> and they're so blasé with it. Like this lovely little pop song playing by it. <laughs> sort your life out, Londoners. I know. Jesus. That's why Godzilla would never work over here. We just start singing songs and enjoying it. Yeah. There was also a fun advert of like sour sweets or something. Of so a guy eating um, sour sweets and pulling funny faces, and it's not until years later you realise that that person was Jesse from Breaking Bad. What? Yeah, Aaron Paul did an advert in the nineties slash early two thousands for sweets. I can't remember what sweets it was, but um, as soon as I, I'll send you the advert, mate. As soon as you see it, it's clearly Aaron Paul, right? But we didn't have that reference back then. And as soon as you see it, you'll be like, oh fuck, I remember this advert. Uh, please do, because I'm, I'm I'm not believing you till I see it. All right, no, I'm ready. Bring All it right. Up. Better than any facts you can sling at me. Well, can I do my number one? Needle dick? That's a good insult. <laughs> that is a good one. That is a good yeah. one. Um, yeah, can I do my number one now? I suppose. If you, if you stop talking about adverts from the 90s. <laughs> I'm, getting, I'm getting all wistful. That's what happens. It'll happen to you when you hit 30. You're just talking about <laughs> 90s adverts. <laughs> There's a perfect bit in this episode which sums up you as a person now, so I will get to that in a second. The 12th okay. episode of season four is called Marge versus the Monorail. Ah, Monorail! Monorail! Mono. Monorail! <laughs> I was trying to get Mono. Don't! I was hoping for commitment. Marge vs. Monorail, one of the most famous and best episodes Simpsons have ever produced. So the backstory of this, uh, the city or town of Springfield ends up getting $3 million from Mr. Burns because he was illegally disposing of nuclear waste in a park and it was turning the trees into tentacles. (laughs) I love this. This episode's so fucking good because it just... It hits from the get-go. Like, the first bit of this episode is um, Homer singing the Flintstones song. Like, oh, yeah. I'm about to hit a chestnut tree. <laughs> and then it's him illegally dumping. 
He's like, what's Smithers say? He's like, where should we dump this barrel in, in, in the kids' play park? He's like, no, no, those bold children are attracting attention. <laughs> uh, Mr. Burns is amazing. Mr. B- Mr. Burns low-key has some of the best lines through The Simpsons, doesn't he? I think some of my favourite episodes are the Mr. Burns episodes. Yeah, definitely. They're just brilliant. So they get three million pounds from Mr. Burns for disposing of nuclear waste, and they hold this town meeting to decide what to do with the money. Marge thinks that they should fix Main Street, uh, but then the smooth-talking stranger named Lyle Landley comes into town and convinces them to spend Hang the on, money. You haven't, you, you haven't mentioned Mr. Snrub. Oh, yes. First of all, <laughs> Mr. Snrub <laughs> suggests that they should invest that and money I... in the local nuclear power plant. Hello, my name is Mr. Snrub, and I come from Someplace far away. Yes, that'll do. (laughs) (laughs) The thing I like about that bit is because when they rumble him and then Mr. Smithers does the grapple hook and they leave, (laughs) the scene cut, if you watch the camera cut, they just go back to Marge and just see them going in the background. (laughs) (laughs) And that's the best bit for me. That bit kills me. It's such a nice touch. I love the way Burns um, clings to Smithers as well before they get... (laughs) Go up before they repel away, and yeah. then the smooth talker Lyle Lanley comes in and he says something about a mule with a spinning wheel. And Homer does a little giggle, and it's very cute. Uh, we find out it's built from shoddy materials, and uh, his slick salesmanship doesn't win over Lisa and Marge, who suspect he is a con artist. And there is a lot to this episode, but the most famous bit is the second song in this episode, the monorail song, which is yes. a fucking good song. It's brilliant. I used to have a cassette tape when I was a little boy, which is a properly released Simpsons thing of like all the Simpsons songs. And I used to listen to it all the time. And this was obviously a firm favourite that was on it. Exactly. It was a parody of a very famous musical number of uh, from the Music Man, You Got Trouble. See, I didn't even know that. I thought it was just an original um, composition by the Simpsons. See, this is what we were saying. They they spoof stuff very cleverly that uh, you don't even realise. Even yeah, if, you watch... if you don't know the reference, it doesn't matter. It's still good. Yeah, exactly. If you watched a video of You Got Trouble, the similarities with the crowd manipulation and the solution agreement is almost exact. So, um, yeah, it, it's brilliant. Also, do you remember the Marlon Brando thing in this where they're talking about the Truckosaurus, the movie, <laughs> oh, yeah, voices... voiced by Marlon Brando? <laughs> I don't know whether to eat you or kiss you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The stupid car. A fantastic line. And one of my favourite lines, like, if I was going to get any Simpsons line tattooed on my body, it would be this. It's when Homer says to Bart, do you want to be called Homer Jr.? The kids will call you Hoju. No idea why that's so funny to me, but it's the greatest Simpsons line in the history of the Simpsons. I'd get, um, I saw online once, someone had a tattoo of um, of the monkey we were talking about earlier with, it was the best of times, it was the blurst of times. Um over the top of it, which is a fantastic tattoo that I would quite happily steal. That that is just beautiful. There's so many good Simpsons tattoos, isn't there? You <laughs> I think cover the your body. Bag hanging out of his mouth. As he well, does, which yeah. Is, which is a really good touch. <laughs> uh, and and the lessons that uh, Lyle Landley gives: mono means one, rail means rail, <laughs> and, rail and that concludes the course. <laughs> Uh, and Homer eventually becomes um, the head conductor of the monorail with a very arduous process of Lyle Landley just pointing at him. Which I very does. much enjoy. And uh, my second favourite line in all of The Simpsons is when he they're showing him around the cockpit of the, the monorail and he opens the thing and there's a bunch of possums and he's, I called a big one, Bitey. 
<laughs> and I found out that's actually um, oh, one of the head writers. I can't remember who it was, but he says that's his favorite line in the whole of The Simpsons. Just that one. <laughs> Amazing. We call him biting. I like the um, old professor guy that lives in the original town that was fucked up by the monorail scam. Sebastian and, Cobb. Uh, Marge, yeah, and Marge and him drive back, uh, and it, the monorail's already set off, and it, oh, we're too late, and he goes, well, I shouldn't have stopped for that haircut, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's not until he says that, you look at him, and he's got completely different hair than he had in the scene before. It's uh, and, yeah, and they're doomed for failure, he's taken the money, and he's he's jumping town, as he's done for North Haven Brook and all these other places, and it's just going around in a big spin and you get brilliant interactions between Ralph Wig not Ralph Wiggum, Chief Wiggum and uh, Mayor Quimby. Mayor Quimby's another yeah. fantastic character. Yeah. When they learn the he's rules. Just, he's, just, he's just John F. Kennedy, isn't he? Oh, he is, yeah. Like a really dumb I love John the, F. Kennedy. Um, I love the, um, I, I, I can't remember what episode it is, but one of the episodes when um, he's trying to get re-elected and there's his, um, like, Pierre Advert on telly trying to get re-elected and it ends with... Um, it ends with, vote Quimby. If you were running for mayor, he'd vote for you. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I could see Trump running with that kind of slogan. It's brilliant, isn't it? Easily. It's, Easily. Yeah, that, that phony, um, I'm your mate sort of thing that so many of these American, I have to say, politicians try and do. <laughs> and uh, yeah, Leonard Nimoy makes an appearance in this in this episode as well. He does. He's in two Simpsons episodes. Yes, he is. And and this one, he kind of... What does he say at the end? He was like, uh, while well, my work here is done. He's like, yeah, you didn't do you anything. didn't do anything. Didn't I? <laughs> the way Homer stops the monorail from being out of control is he uh, uses the M and a lasso, and it jams into a side of a donut. And there's nothing yeah. that donuts can't do, according to Homer. Perfect, yeah. Um, La- so, Lyle Lanley is voiced by um, a Saturday Night Live regular called Phil Hartman. Mm-hmm. Um, who um, also did um, Troy McClure and Lionel Hutz as well. Um, that was just his voice. He didn't change it for any of these characters, did he? But um, just incredible. Like, you think of all three of those characters and just the comic timing and the way those characters talk is just incredible. He is fantastic. He had quite a sad life, actually. Well, he had a fucking horrendous end to it. Yeah. Yeah, died. What was he like? Tell the kids. (laughs) No, I wasn't going to. We were having a happy episode, but please go ahead. Okay, so he um, uh, was shot in the face by his wife while their um, child daughter was asleep upstairs, and uh, yeah, pretty rough. Uh, That that kid's still about. (laughs) Uh, So I think he was um, like planning on. He told her he wanted a divorce or something. So she just got like drunk and drugged up and stuff. And while he was asleep in bed, just shot him straight in the face. There's a lot of interesting uh, research. Monorail! <laughs> <laughs> oh, always bringing the mood up. <laughs> this episode, I was surprised to find out, was really underappreciated when it first came out. Um, the the lady who voiced The Simpsons, Yardley, Yardley Smith? I never know how to say her name. Yardley, Yardley? Silly name. I think it's Yardley. That's Lisa, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, yeah. She described it as one of the worst episodes ever and said that many working there agreed with her because it was a real <laughs> shift in <laughs> just, format. Um, just wait for a couple of years, love. <laughs> they, it was a real shift in format to what they were used to and they just thought it was terrible and just didn't really make any sense. Um, but Obviously, years later, they get interviewed about it. And they're like, yeah, it's the best episode we've ever done. Shockingly. Yeah. 
So yeah, it is lovely. And um, uh, speaking of uh, voice actors of The Simpsons, have you cracked the mystery of Nancy Cartwright on Instagram yet? I haven't. No. So, but apparently this is happening to more. It's happening to loads people. of people. Yeah. So I post obviously Instagram stories because I'm down with the kids and all that. And quite often, pretty regularly actually, I, I check who's viewed it to see how popular I am. And Nancy Cartwright is a frequent viewer of my Instagram story. Which Makes is, no sense. But then, but then I found a Reddit thread, didn't I, where yeah. someone else was saying the same thing, and a couple of other people replied, going, "Yeah, she keeps looking at my shit too. <laughs> What's going on?" I don't know how she's doing it, whether it's an algorithm thing or, like, I, I shouldn't be coming into the same sphere as Nancy Cartwright. Well, say it quietly, but she's a Scientologist, mate. So oh, Jesus, she's some... recruiting. Yeah, maybe there's something weird going on there. I look like the type. You do. You're really easy to manipulate. <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> I knew you'd say that. Damn it. <laughs> uh, oh, I forgot with this episode... Your number what? five pick, Lurleen Lumpkin, comes back in this episode. Oh, is it this episode? Yeah, she comes she, back. Because uh, before... All, when she's all drugged up and stuff. Yeah, before they do the reveal, they're like, famous country star, Lurleen Lumpkin. And they're like, what have you been up to? And she's like, I spent last night in a ditch. Yeah, how about that? <laughs> <laughs> uh, beautiful. So, yeah, absolute favourite episode. I think it, it's like the one I mentioned before, which I've forgotten the name of. Last Exit to Springfield. It's just joke after joke after joke from, from the get-go. And I, I just think it's fantastic. It's another brilliant Homer episode. So I'm looking up um, the, who did Lurleen Lumpkin's voice um, in the original episode. I think it was somewhat different in that um, in her little cameo in uh, Marge versus the Monorail. But it looks like she is called Beverly D'Angelo, and she is herself a country singer. Well, so, that makes sense. So she might have albums in that that is basically the albums of Learning Lumpkin, right? So um, I, we need to find them, and they might be good. We or you? Probably me. There we go. I won't be sharing them. <laughs> Just check it. She's, yeah, she is still alive. Good. A lot of female country singers don't tend to live very long. I've, I've they don't make it. They're not looked after well. No. No, definitely not. So there it is. There's the top five, top six Simpsons episodes. Soon it'll be top five. When you vote in two weeks' time on your favourite, is it going to be Hank Scorpio or is it going to be the monorail? Another Ooh. tremendous one-off character, like in both of these episodes. That's good. Yeah, I think that's that's a key takeaway, Jesse. Good observation. Thanks, Nate. You're welcome. Um, where can people go and vote and find all our stuff? Uh, well, you won't put the vote up for ages because you're weird and you wait until everyone's forgotten about it before you actually put the vote up on Twitter. But it'll yeah. be on our Twitter, um, which is got till five. Everything's got till five. Got till five. Got till five. Got till five dot com. Love it. Is there any episode you wanted to you didn't get to put in, but you wanted to? Because there's a lot. We're talking about 30 years of Simpsons here and we just picked yeah. six episodes. Well, what we're really talking about is 10 years of Simpsons, mate. So, like, because uh, it's only the first 10 seasons, isn't it? But uh, just before we talk about other episodes, do you get Disney fever with Simpsons? Where, like, um, I get this weird thing where, like, I think things were made when I saw them. So, like, I watched Disney films when I was a kid, right? So you watch, like, Pinocchio when you're a kid. So in yeah. my head, Pinocchio was made in the 90s because that's when I saw it. But it was made in the 50s, which yes. is just just blows my little mind, right? And like Robin Hood in the 60s and stuff. And it's the same with Simpsons. Like some of these um, early seasons and stuff are like 92, 93 and 89. It, 
Yeah, it's mental, isn't it? Like, yeah, a couple of them came, like the first season was before our birth. And it's just mental because I just think of all Simpsons episodes that I love. I just assume were made in like the year 2000 because that's when I really enjoyed them. Yeah, I think that's fair. And and I always remember how old Simpsons is because I always remember this home movie that we, we had when I was a kid. So when we were living in Australia, we were living, living in our little camper van thing, traveling around. And I remember my two older brothers watching Simpsons. And this was, you know, 1990 that this was happening. And yeah, they were watching Simpsons and there's just this home videotape of them watching this brand new Simpsons episode, which would have been like season two. Yeah, that's mental. Mental, mate. Mental. Um, but anyway, episodes. Um, I, um, <laughs> um, so the one that I was on about earlier with Mindy um, is a really good one for similar reasons. I like the Learning Lumpkin one, just affairs and looking at myself in the mirror. It's sad. And um, also uh, Lisa on Ice is a fantastic episode uh, when Lisa joins the Pee Wee hockey team. Ah, yes. My teeth. Yes. Yeah, the sibling rivalry of that is just brilliant. And it also has the amazing bit when Homer is telling um, all of Lisa's new teammates to not pick on her just because she's different. And then he sees um, that <laughs> kid and goes, ah, that kid's got bosoms! And starts chasing him with a wet towel. Like, that is another amazing piece Don't of make me a line, I'm full of chocolate. <laughs> just the, the, um, the disposition of Homer, like, trying to get them to not pick on Lisa <laughs> and immediately picking on the fat German kid is just absolutely brilliant. Oh, beautiful choice. Uh, I think I have to check. I've got so many I want to check in there. Um, Homer at the Bat is a fantastic episode where it's the softball team and they um, he recruits a bunch of ringers from the Major League Baseball. My my baseball knowledge is purely because of this episode. Yeah, right. So when you like, you don't again. This is another way. The beautiful writer of the Simpsons. These are all very famous baseball players, but being British, we have no reference to famous baseball players, so we didn't have a fucking clue who they were. But it still works as an episode. Um, it's where the I told you to trim those sideburns bit comes from. Um, did you see the um, UFC fight that happened the other week when um, uh, it was um, a women's match and someone got her egg caved in proper and she swelled up in the forehead and looked like an absolute state? Did you see that? I can't remember. No, it didn't. Name. Right. Well, some girl, uh, it's been like all over the news. It's like, fucking hell, that looked dangerous. She got, she was so bruised on her forehead that it was huge. And to me, whenever I see this picture of her, she looks exactly like the baseball player that gets gigantism from drinking too much <laughs> of the tonic. <laughs> they bring her in. <laughs> oh, beautiful. I, I love that because Mr. Ben's like, I can't see anything happen to all nine of my all-star players. And then just everything, everything happens to sacks and bogs. And it's just, it's a brilliant episode. It's so good. Like, it's amazing fun. and just the bit um i just love the bit <laughs> it might be really hard to explain um when <laughs> it's just such a rant like it's got no purpose to the story it's just there because it's stupid and funny um when um mr burns is coaching them all and homer's there to take a hit um or one of the baseball players and mr burns goes here and takes the bat off of um, off of one of them oh, yes. so i'm out to do it and the ball just hits him and he just flies off screen in a real slapsticky cartoony way but the bit that really gets me is the way the way he says here when he takes the bat <laughs> such, such a sort of warm and fatherly here. way he says, here that's the way he says it so gently <laughs> what happens oh. It's really funny. That's actually, I've genuinely got tears. Like, rolling down my face, thinking of the way he says here. There's genuine little bits, isn't it? So beautiful. So beautiful. <laughs> uh, another quick one. Sideshow Bob is someone we haven't mentioned, and he's had some cracking episodes, and Kelsey Grammer is amazing. Cape and, Fear. Um, 
yes, the rakes, right, is like just one of the funniest, funniest moments of like I've always stood by, and this is how I've lived a lot of my life, that if you just continue to do something over and over and over and over again, it will stop being funny for a bit, but eventually it will become even funnier than it was the first time round. And that rake thing is a perfect <laughs> example of that. Yeah, that's our whole model of this podcast. We don't really change. We just hope it will become popular again. Yeah, if you commit, if you just keep doing it, it does become re- the absurdity of the fact that you're persisting with it becomes even funnier than the original thing that it was. The abuse that he gets. Hey, kids, you want to take a shortcut through the cactus field? <laughs> but no, two to one. <laughs> Oh, uh, Kelsey Grammer is so fantastic, and I, I just I want beautiful voice. He does, he does. It's so so sensual. But I just want so much more Kelsey Grammer and Sideshow Bob episodes. But they're they're few and far between. They are, um, but that's how it should be because uh, these things can be overdone. It's true. It is true. Hey, Bob, do you want to see my chain mask and hockey mask? Oh, there's just <laughs> there's so much, so much to it. Um, another you were mentioned earlier about the. The Simpsons and whether it was behind the times or ahead of its times with the... I'm sorry, I'm still laughing at here. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be your sorry. name next time, Jesse, here. And, yeah. um, you're saying it was ahead of its time or it was behind its time. This one was definitely ahead of its time. Homer Badman, where he goes to the candy convention and gets oh, yeah. the... And then he gets accused of sexual harassment on a, on a young co-ed. Rowdy, ruddy, peeper. <laughs> what a pervert. Homer, he <laughs> saved you. <laughs> yeah, you're right. This is one's well ahead of its time, isn't it? With like, the whole news coverage of this sort of thing and stuff like that. Exactly. I would love to get a uh, gummy Venus de Milo on my ass with uh, See You in Hell Candy Boys tattoo. What tattoo? That'd yeah. be amazing. I That's a great idea. The greatest thing I could ever do in my life. See oh, You in yeah. Hell oh, Candy yeah. Boys is something I want to yell in real life. Yeah. <laughs> Is good. I oh man, yeah, that is a good episode. And um Sweet, uh, sweet. So it's just <laughs> when they do the reenactment, they're like, no, Mr. Simpson, no. <laughs> sweet. Um what's here? Yeah. <laughs> um what's the oh another good episode? Uh the itchy and scratchy one when they nearly go bust, because uh, the homeless guy it turns out that he wrote um, yes, or first. created Itchy. Yeah. And um, that's a really good episode. There's just, there's so many. There's so goddamn many. Homer's Enemy, the Frank Grimes one is fantastic. Mother Simpson, the more sadder and like home sweet episodes. One Fish, Two Fish, Blowfish, Bluefish, where home, oh, that, was, that was impressive, where he almost dies and he goes on this 24 hour, you know, reckoning with his family. That's well, a really yeah, that's sad a really- episode. Yeah, that's a really touching episode, that is. That's lovely. Simpsons um, do and- great kind of like balance of really just stupid, but also some really touching moments as well. And talking about um, fish, the um, three-eyed fish episode, I can't remember what it's called now, but um, when Mr. Burns is running for um, governor or something, do you remember? Mm, and yes. Like, the satirical nature of that episode is fantastic. That's um, what's his name's favorite episode. I've forgotten his name. He does all the voices. What's his name? He was in Spinal Tap as well. Fucking hell. Um, he does everyone except the actual Simpsons family, basically. It's not Hank Azaria. No, Hank Azaria is the other one that does the other rest of the voices. <laughs> God damn it, Harry, Harry Shearer. Harry Shearer, yes. Yeah, I remember that. I didn't look it up. I'm clever. The old brain ain't gone yet. And um, 
it's yeah, he's good. He does he does like Principal Skinner. Principal Skinner is such a fucking good character who I haven't even talked about. He is. Um, Sorry, I just remembered the bit I was going to mock you about when I said that oh, you, yeah. you've turned into an old man who's forgotten stuff. The monorail episode is when Mr. Burns is like, bring me the you know gangbusters they had back in the 30s, and it's Grandpa Simpson. And he's like, the best way to, to deal with people is just to tell stories that don't go anywhere. <laughs> you tied an onion to the belt because it was a style at the time. You, they that, had bees on I... the nickels. And that's you. That's you right now. Just uh, an old <laughs> bumbling man with their stories go nowhere. Isn't it the baseball episode where Mr. Burns initially says that he wants to um, he wants to get the best players from the Negro League? Yes. He's like, yeah. search them all, the professional leagues, the Negro <laughs> Leagues. <laughs> See, that's something you probably couldn't do now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> is that what you were going to say earlier when you said you thought of something that sums me up as a person? The Grandpa Simpson bit? Yeah, yeah. That, ah, that, thanks, that buddy. You. You're welcome. Yeah, and we're going to do top five Simpsons characters. We could turn this into a Simpsons podcast, no issue. Top fives on this bad boy. Oh, God, Wouldn't yeah, even have to try. Oh, man. Do you remember when Principal Skinner says, I'm a small, I'm a small man in many ways, but a small, petty man. <laughs> I say, I say that quite a lot as well. <laughs> <laughs> Most of your identity is formed by The Simpsons. It is, yeah. It's just been, yeah, it's been Britified, I think, but it's all there. It's, it's all there. Oh, I love The Simpsons. I cannot wait for next Tuesday. Um, I'm going to be signing up immediately, and that's going to be my life. Got fuck all else to do. Fuck all else to do. Now we're, now we're quarantined. We might as well just watch The Simpsons for 30 years. Exactly. There we go. Happy times. Thank you for joining us. We hope uh, us talking and doing the jokes, which are funny on the actual show, did cheer you <laughs> up in these dark times. Probably pissed you off more than anything. But we Probably, we hope yeah. you enjoyed it. Uh, go Remember back and yeah, go back and listen to old episodes where the where the world was was good. We, we yeah. do we do stuff. <laughs> yep. We do stuff. We do stuff. Right, and got to five dot com, all that good stuff. I love that I don't have to prompt you anymore. That. Yeah, cute. I've I've learned, and I yeah, I'm like a little dog. Carry on. No, got till five. Subscribe, five stars, or don't bother in it. Um, God, I've been gesticulating a lot in this show. I think because my window's all steamy, and I don't normally get like that. He's <laughs> <laughs> all fired up. Bless him. I am. Ah, oh, oh, behave! Thank you very much for joining us. <laughs> We've loved having you here. Uh, we hope you enjoyed it. We'll be back in two weeks' time. Stay tuned to fun, exciting stuff. Me and Jesse have got an article coming out in the next couple of weeks on the top uh, 10 WrestleMania matches. If you're still a wrestling fan listening to this, that was uh, a lot of fun to write together. So keep an eye out for that. That's about it. I think Jesse's left. Oh, yeah. That's on um, Ghost of the Stratosphere podcast website. Right? Yes. No, I'm to... still here. Can you hear me? Yeah, hello, hello. Yeah, they asked us to write one, so we wrote one for them. Hello. And um, yeah, we'll be sharing that on the social, so keep your eyes peeled. Have a lovely two weeks. Stay safe, everyone. Um, I know we weren't going to talk about it, but please, if you're not already, practice safe distancing, wash your hands. This is serious, and your part can help flatten the curve and just alleviate our NHS staff and give them a little bit of a break, which is very important. So follow the steps, isolate if you can, and just look after yourselves out there. Jesse, Happy birthday once again. I can't wait to do this into when you're 40. I love you dearly. Good night and goodbye. Keep reaching for that rainbow. <laughs>